Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be talking about the seven worst popes of all time. Yeah, these seven popes were shockingly terrible people. Murderers and fornicators and people of no faith and even heretics. From best to worst, here are the worst. guys back in the new catholic studios with father rich and ryan and i mean you know this is you know definitely not the most glorious show we've had but <laughs> definitely uh you know something we we got to look at for some reason or another because we've, we've got a topic about it you know well, you know i think it's important to recognize that the church is built of people and some people are excellent people and other people not so much and that goes just as much for the for the person who sits on the chair of St. Peter as it does for the people who sit in the pews. That's true. So, you know, to avoid, you know, recognizing or realizing that even some of the popes were bad, I think would be a lie about the church that we would tell ourselves. And uh, coming to terms with some of these bad popes, I think might even help us come to terms with some of the scandals we face in our own times. It's very clear that God pursues our humanity and he calls us to holiness. Some of us respond to the call. <laughs> Others, not so much. Not so much. Others, <laughs> become, others become the worst pope of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and here are the lucky numbers. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's true, though. I mean, Christ calls a sinner. And, you know, none of us are perfect. And we will be exploiting these seven hopes <laughs> throughout the history of the church. To really they underscore that on themselves, they did. They, yes. just, they chose your this. legacy speaks for itself, and we're going to expose that today. <laughs> um, you know, I think another thing too is like you know, uh, the gates of hell won't prevail against the Catholic Church, and I don't know through all this sifting of uh, just you know um, displays of humanity that we we don't really appreciate. That was so is, diplomatic, these displays of humanity. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it's a, I mean, we, we fight principalities. We don't fight, you know, we, we hate the sin, not the center, but man, I mean, somebody who's a Pope that yeah. gets into that position and has some of the things that we're going to be talking yeah, about. I, today, I think for a lot of non-Catholics, they would think, Oh no, every Catholic thinks every Pope is perfect and infallible can never make a mistake. And, you know, if you're a non-Catholic listening by the end of this episode, you're going to realize that, we Catholics don't believe that, and we recognize that there have been some terrible popes. But the fact that is that there have been terrible popes for me is one of the proofs of the of the real uh, true presence the, of Jesus Christ in, in the church. church. Because look, if these terrible popes couldn't have destroyed it from the inside, I don't know who could have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a testament to to the real to the fact that the Holy Spirit is protecting the church. And and that's my only consolation as a priest, to be perfectly honest is that this is Christ's church. And I mean, I can't believe I am so humbled every time that I step foot in front of a sanctuary to celebrate mass or to put on the collar, because I certainly, I, I can't even imagine how God has brought me to this point in my life where I am a priest one, 
But two, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I have the power to hold something together, let alone like a, a small community of people, let alone a church, you know? So relying on the advocacy that we have in the Holy Spirit, relying on the deposit of faith of Jesus Christ, that is the reason why the Catholic Church is still here today. There's no question in my mind that if every type of legal system has failed in every respective sovereign nation up until this point, and that the one legal system established by Christ and commissioned in canon law throughout the year, it, it, the years is still intact and holding together and governing the largest population of people in the world. Something's to be said about that. There is. I mean, I, again, just the fact of how terrible these particular popes were and how just pedestrian and average other popes were mm-hmm. um, is just a testament to the fact that this church is divinely guided because otherwise us people would have ruined it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It would not be here 2,000 years later. For sure. So are these popes, are, are they like old history, Roman Catholic Church, or you know, are there any there, recent There's ones a or? lot throughout a few periods of history, but... The majority of these popes come from one particular area. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, one particular era. era. Mm-hmm. And this era is known by a lot of historians as the pornocracy. Mm. It was an era where the popes were consecutively so terrible that almost for a century, the uh, it's, it was the low point of the papacy throughout history, for wow. sure. And a lot of them, um, a lot of these popes were actually all related to each other. Essentially, a very powerful... Uh, Roman family um, essentially hijacked the papacy for almost a hundred years and their influence got through nepotism and bribery and treachery got a lot of popes on the throne. Now, before we talk about these seven, just if we're being honest, just trash popes, Mm -hmm. right? They're they're trash popes. Non-virtuous. Yeah. You know, just totally bad behavior. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at this list here, and I don't see anybody from, you know, the first few centuries where, you know, 30, 34 popes were martyred. You know, so it, it can't be that. It's not, no. it's not that era. Yeah, the era have, and it's not uh, our era because we've had some great popes in our, yes. in our you know, experience yes. of the papacy. Yeah, I, I can't say that there's been a bad pope in 150 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even a mundane pope. They've mm-hmm. all been you know, pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before we get started, why don't you tell everyone how they can not land on a list of bad Catholic talk show followers and get in touch with us. So if you're concerned about your behavior and you want to be <laughs> virtuous, make sure that you go to www.catholictalkshow.com. You want to subscribe to us there because we'll email you and push you notifications so that you're constantly in contact with whatever we're producing or publishing. And certainly we want you to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as connecting with us through our Patreon app. If you become a patron of ours, you continue to support the show financially and help us to grow to new markets and reach new populaces with these wonderful, terrible things. <laughs> that, terrible things. Terrible Wait, things. Isn't that, that an oxymoron? <laughs> wonderfully terrible. You know? Impressively terrible. Impressively terrible. <laughs> you know, but you're not terrible because you're supporting us. So we thank you so much for joining us for the show. And most certainly as we begin, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Exodus 90, as well as Covenant Eyes. We love their work in the world. And be sure to check them out at CovenantEyes.com. And then when you're there, you can actually type in a beautiful promo code, Catholic Talk, 
and you get 30 days for free of all their resources, eBooks, and enter into an accountability to overcome porn addiction. And even if you don't have a porn addiction, if you need an ally for your spiritual growth and your growth over the discipline of the flesh, it's a wonderful program for you. And Exodus 90, 90 days of great discipline and prayer, asceticism to really enter into a deeper fraternity and grow in your faith. So as we grow in our faith here at the Catholic Talk Show, sometimes, you know, we always kind of turn to good examples, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes we learn via negativa as well. So what is the negativa and who, which pope are we going to first? You find virtue through those who don't have it. Yeah. You know, yeah, sometimes it's easier to say what you are by defining what you aren't. Yes. And if you can put yourself in contrast to these seven just Good for you. Absolute, <laughs> absolute stinkers, man. Just, just again, trash popes. Yeah, yeah. These are these are the raccoons and of the pope world. They're terrible. What do you have against raccoons, yeah, man? They're trash pandas, man. They tear my dude. stuff up. Garbage. They like the garbage. Uh, yeah, they tear my garbage. Well, you man. want to pet a raccoon? We'll yeah, get one dude. on the next show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. We'll bring one on the next yeah, show. You remember, you, Elf, you remember when Will Ferrell was going up to the little raccoon? He wanted to hug him. Yeah, and then yeah, when he bites his face, it's me, well, dude. It. That's yeah. how I got bit by that dog on Good Friday, man. I mean, it's like, oh, come here, big guy. Oh, this happened this year? Did that happen this year? Yeah. The dog bit you. You must yeah. have like really. So this fell is after you defended their their integrity and their <laughs> honor and said they go to heaven. And then he bit me. Yeah. It was true. Actually, after I said that dogs go to heaven, that's yeah. when you got bit. That's a sign. Literally. So not the Dachshund be... anymore. This junkyard dog. This big old sandlock junkyard dog. So you know what you should have called that dog? What's that? Stephen the sixth. Is that the Pope that we're going to? That's the first one we're going to talk about. See, but I still have, like, compassion for the dog that bit well, me. Stephen the Sixth compassion for Pope Stephen no, the Sixth. And you know what? Stephen the Sixth would not have compassion for you. Do you know why? Do you know what he would do? After he bit you to death? He would definger me? Yeah. He would, <laughs> he would dig you up and put you on trial. Oh, this is that Pope. This is the that Pope. Senate. Oh, yes. no. So Pope Stephen the Sixth, he was, uh, he was Pope from uh, 896 to 897. Not a long pontificate. No. But he actually, so he was one of these, he was one of the members of this clan of Theophylactus of Tusculum. Mm. Now, Theophylactus of Tusculum basically was the power broker of Rome in the uh, late 9th and early 10th century. And he was essentially the de facto ruler of Rome. And his descendants and the people he decided were going to be uh, the pope ended up being the pope. And Stephen VI was one of the members of that clan, but Formosus was not. So to kind of invalidate Formosus, Stephen VI had him dung up, put on trial, accused of heresy, and found guilty, stripped of his papal vestments, defingered, and then thrown in the river. Brutal. Now, why why the defingerment? Because these are the that? fingers that the Pope would use to bless. Oh. So if you chop those boys off, there's no more blessing for good Pope for Moses. Like, in the was grave. He, was he all bones or was he still flesh? Well, I mean, this is only like a year later, so he was Ugh. probably just, you know, a puffy, That's gross just a mess. smelly synod. Yeah. That's it nasty. Is. It's not good. Yeah. So so he, he did this, and, um, well, obviously, not a good Pope. What a terrible Pope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine hating somebody in the grave that much? Right. Well, what a terrible name, Theophylactus. Theophylactus, yeah. He Sounds was like a disease. Yeah. You got that Theophylactus? Hey, what do you yeah. take? You know they make a cream, but they make a cream for that. Day, I didn't wash my hands cream. after going to that. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
when you catch theophylactum, oh. you typically, if you get it on your hands, you have to get defingered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's so, so stupid. Oh, poor Formosus. Yeah, Formosus. Formosus, was, man. Now, Formosus was actually, no, we did an episode where we talked about the, about the cadavers in, in much more detail, but Formosus was saved from the rivers by good nuns and given mm-hmm. a holy... Uh, a holy burial where they said that the scent of um, uh, sanctity and miracles occurred at his grave. Wow. Now, the story doesn't end so good for Stephen the Sixth. He was, was deposed. He killed? He was just Formosus. Well, Formosus, no, he died of natural causes. Okay. But Stephen the Sixth wanted to make sure that uh, the people that he had named bishop were invalidated. And the only way to do that was to accuse him formally of heresy, which would invalidate the acts of his papacy. Wow. And take so, his fingers away, too. And then That's a that very way, important part of that. Mm. What do we do with his fingers? I don't know. <laughs> so it didn't end well for Stephen VI, though. About a year later, after the synod, he was... Uh, some people say that he was strangled to death by the jealous husband of his lover uh, in a bed. So this dude caught the Pope in bed with his wife and strangled him to death. Who was that? Stephen VI. He did. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got, he got, uh, got choked out. Wow. I'll tell you what, man. Consequences. Let me just say that that's no Pope Francis or Benedict or, or John no, Paul II. No, no. I mean, could you imagine that going on now? Oh man, the different. It's a different age, man. Yeah, the information flies a little bit too fast. They're going to oh, be a yeah. little bit more careful. It's not as centralized in Rome as mm-hmm. it was back then, where Rome was like the powerhouse of. Yeah, and everyone's got the Theophylactus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want that. No. You don't fingers want that. and everything. No. I mean, a lot of cream wasn't around. <laughs> so this next pope, again, in the age of the pornocracy, uh, he was pope from 1032, and then again in 1045. Can I ask a question? And then again in 1047. So, okay. So What's a pornocracy? That was just a way to describe that 100-year period of terrible popes. Okay. You know, the papacy, and this is because it was obscene. Gotcha. It was so obscene that they they labeled that era the pornocracy. Okay. Now this particular pope, he was pope. He was elected pope on October 1032, April 1045, and November 1047. Three times. He was he is the only person who ever been pope three times. Benedict the Ninth, and do you know what he was his birth name was? Theophylacticus of Ta- of Tusculum. Oh man! No way! Yes. He had to, did he get the cream? No, he he was one of these. He was a member of this clan of this family. Oh man! Whoa! These man. guys are like that that trash family that moves in next door to you and like works on trucks and leaves tires everywhere and blasting music and garbage <laughs> do you everywhere. Know, do you know what I'm thinking of? Is like the phylactery, you know, Theophylacticus that they put the phylactery no, on top it's, of it's the theology. That. It's not that, and though. it's just wrong, it's man. Just, it's yeah. phylactitis. So anyway, Benedict the Ninth. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. So, Never mind. Well, a thought occurred to me, but Benedict, I'm glad that you refrained. I did. Benedict the Ninth. He was 20 years old when he was elected I the Pope. Know. He was 20 years he old. He wasn't when, even elected on, the Pope. On his, on they his, just they just basically pulled fingers. <laughs> pulled fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's basically had his way. He was bribed into office. Mm. He just people, you know, his family bribed the cardinals. And since they were so powerful, they got him into office when he was 20 years old. Um, but he got Jeez. bored with being Pope. So do you know what he did? Oh, gosh. Do you what? know what he did with when he got bored with being Pope? 
he sold the right to be pope to his godfather. Ah. And he... Pope uh, John the 19th? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Pope John, yeah, Pope John the 19th. Yeah. Okay. So, again, Pope John the 19th, only because he's only tangential to this story, doesn't land on this list, but again... He's up there. He, he's a guardian yeah. pope. I mean, he 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 looks like a pretty rough dude. Right. <laughs> so, but that was his godfather, and he's just like, you know, I'm bored with this poping thing. You want to buy it from me? And he sold the papacy to his godfather. Now, he decided that, again, two years later, that he wanted to be pope again. So he pressed his rights and reclaimed the throne. And then he decided he didn't want to be pope again. Did he sell it again? No, he just, I think, walked away from it, and then there's an anti-pope, and he was driven out of the city. And then he's like— And then he did he, like, call, like, a, like a battle, and, and like, he, he, he fought— He came, came into, the, into Rome yeah. and fought against one of the other popes and came back and then took it for a third time. So uh, St. Peter Damien uh, and called— this is, this is in, like, the course of four years. Four years. So, I mean, this is like, this guy is like... make up your mind. Yeah, I mean, this is a 20-year-old guy. Yeah, he's a young, yeah, he's a young buck. No, yes, no, yeah, okay. Yeah, not good. Uh, St. Peter Damien, a great saint and a great Mm -hmm. reformer. And uh, in our day and age, with the things that the church is dealing with now, reading the works of St. Peter Damien, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's tremendous. I won't even get into it, but you should read it. Mm -hmm. Now, St. Peter Damien said that Benedict IX, or Theophylacticus of Tusculum, was a demon from hell in the disguise of priest. He was that bad. Wow. Mm. He sold the papacy three times. He Now, this one kind of has a decent story, uh, to an end to the story, where he ended up being exiled after that third, third time on the chair, right? And he was exiled, and he was never kind of had an opportunity to come back into power. He, he repented, didn't he? He, like he ended, a, up, ended up getting banished to a monastery. Yeah, and, monastic life. And that monastic life straightened him out, and he ended up dying in repentance of all the things that yeah. he did while pope. I remember wow. that. Yeah. That's great. So it's a bad papacy, but not yeah. there was salvation. In so a terrible that. pope turned out to be a good guy at the end. Praise God. Because he recognized his fault. Yeah. Praise God. So another pope on our list who is, again, one of the worst popes of all time. Just terrible pope. Not, not a good pope. What was Ryan Delacrosse's pope name? <laughs> if Ryan Delacrosse was pope, he'd be Pope Paul VI II. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> pope <laughs> Paul VI II. That's really dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have now Pope John Twelfth. Now, he was related to the Count of Tusculum and a member of the Roman Theophylactus family. Get Those out. Theophylacti, man. Dude, Dude. His pontificate was infamous for depravity and worldliness. Um, it I'm was not surprised so, with those Theophylacti. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, look, Catholics, talk to the talk to your children about the Theophylacticuses before <laughs> someone else does. Because they find out they're they're otherwise just get the cream. <laughs> People are gonna be, you know, modern medicine. I mean, we've it. got a cure for it. Yeah. Um he was so, his reputation was so bad that uh, there was uh, some contemporary accounts of his life that he, um, he would celebrate mass in horse stables, that he had, um, he had an affair with a widow. He had an affair with his father's concubine. He had an affair with his own niece. 
He who would it, have an affair with his father's concubine? A theophylactus. A theophylactus. These guys are just the hillbillies of Rome, man. Yeah, oh, man. And oh. literally the hills of Rome? That's yeah, probably well, where they come well, from. Well, it is. Yeah. Tusculum was a small hill city outside of Rome in Latium. Mm. How did they get so much power if they were in this small little town out there? Money, influence, and cunning, I guess. Oh. So they said that his, the, his pontificate was so bad that Lateran Palace, everyone called it the brothel. Mm. It was that bad. Um, he... He blinded his confessor after um, uh, because he didn't like the penance he gave him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, he he threw a cardinal out the window after castrating him because he didn't like it. He set he set fires randomly to buildings around town. He uh, uh, let's see. He said there was said that he would toast to the devil when drinking wine. Um, they said when he was playing dice, he would invoke Jupiter and Venus. Uh, he said he, he didn't celebrate the ever, the office, the liturgy of the hours, and he wouldn't make the sign of the cross. Liturgy of the hours. It's like, you're obliged to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, yeah, the office. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, so now some of these things probably, you know, these are written by political opponents of the Theophylactus. So are all of these things true? Maybe, maybe not. But typically when there's smoke, there's fire. And his, his papacy was just renowned for being just one of the low points of the entire church history. And when, when the Lateran Palace is called a straight-up whorehouse, you know things are bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and he, he died when he was like 40 years old, too. Not even 40. You know, I don't think that that's necessarily... Out no. of character, but the fact that he had We're out of the norm, out of the norm of that era. But you know, being pope that young and dying that young, probably lived hard and partied and burnt himself out. But yeah. pun intended, because yeah. I mean, he was burning all sorts of stuff. He was like Molly Crew or something. Yeah, man. What <laughs> a like <laughs> Pope Vince Neil. <laughs> Wow. The Theophylacti. Yeah. Theophylacti, well, man. How, I mean, like, are they in, like, are they woven into all these bad popes? This, this Most family? of them. Most of them this wow. list because this was that, this was the, the, the most terrible, the, you know, from 950s to the 1080s. I mean, this was all the popes, for the most part, were elected and put in place by the, the, the Theophylactus family. Shoo mm. Not so Now, good. is there anybody else in the family of the Theophylacti? Uh, I'm sure there is that were popes. Well, I don't weak then. Because that's going to span only like maybe half. Okay, so why don't we talk then about another one of the seven worst popes of all time? Okay, Pope Sergius the Third. Sergius the Third. Yes, Sergius. Sergius. Now he was a Theophylactus. Uh, <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, uh. And I'm starting to see a common thread yeah, here. Yeah. So he had ties. He was not a Theophylactus, but he was tied politically to the family. But the Theophylactus were like, this, he's Pope. What should we do to get him further into the fold? I got an idea. So Theophylactus's daughter, Mariotza, um, was offered to the Pope Sergius III as his lover. And Pope Sergius III accepted because that was forming a bond between his papacy and the Theophylactus family. And he had a child out of wedlock with Mariotza. And do you know who that child became? The Pope. 
Pope John the Eleventh. Is he <laughs> oh on the list? Oh my God! Well, these you two are tied together. Up, man. Theophylactus's uh, grand, well, his son-in-law by bastard marriage. I don't even know how that works out. And his grandson, uh, they're tied together. So Sergius the Third was the father of John the Eleventh who were both essentially Theophylactus popes. So if my brothers and sisters, if you're out there thinking your family's the worst, just think, at least you don't have it like the Theophylactuses. I mean, can make a cream for that, you well, know? One of them converted, so that's At least good. one of them converted. I mean, can yeah. we just go ahead and make the assumption that the Theophylacti, which I think is the plural of Theophylactus, the yeah. we're checked. the worst family in the history of the church. Without a doubt. Yeah. I don't know. The Medici's were pretty bad too. No, the Medici's no, were there's awesome Medici's. There are made like the there's the deposit that that family has left on the church in art and in the inspiration the of architecture because of the the Reformation. But the Medici's were there was a lot of powerful awesome family, ones. Powerful and, family. And powerfully influenced good in many different. I'm respects. sure there's bad ones. No Theophylactus is. If you know a Theophylactus out there that is a good good leader. Or a good person. Or a good person. Who's just not out kicking or dogs and spitting on windows. <laughs> if you know a Theophylactus, I mean, then I have let us know. We want to bring a Theophylactus on the, the show. I wonder what the Theophylactus are doing today. I mean, dude, although, guys, maybe we should roll this back, because if there's still Theophylactus They may out be there, coming after us. They're going to come after you, and they're going to slash uh -huh. your tires. Hey, man. Pull your beard out. <laughs> break your glasses. Steal my computer, man. They're just they're shady folk. They may be coming after yeah, us, man. That's not good. What's the years of separation? So when was the last Theophylacti Pope? Well, the last Theophylactus was Pope Benedict the Ninth, right? That that one that Peter Damien said was a pope, a, a demon from hell in the shape of a He's priest. The one that sold the and what year was that? That when? was in 1048. Wow. So, it, so we've know, got a little bit of time. So there's so no Theophylacti coming after us unless I don't know. they've been underground. They so, might have a new name. So if I'm mm. looking at this, I'm looking at the family tree of the Theophylactus of... Theophylactus first, Count of Tusculum, yes. and his wife Theodora, who was yes. one pulling a lot of the power plays, and their daughter Mariotza, who had a child with Pope Sergius the Third, who begat John the Eleventh. What's um, begat mean? Was, was the parents of? <laughs> oh, okay. So we have. What if the, I found out that the, the Theophylactus begat like a Pagano somewhere along the line? It's possible. What if I go on Ancestry.com and find Dude, out? Dude, that would I'm explain related. so much. Repent. <laughs> 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 repent. I will Dude. repent right now so in, for the sins of my father. From 904. So Theophylactus really came into power um, with that merging of. His family and Pope Sergius III through that arranged whatever you call that with Begatting. his daughter, which begat Pope. Begat. So let's call, let's say that's the beginning of their kind of the pornocracy, which would be 904, 905. So from there up until 1048 of the Theophylacti, you had Sergius III, John the Eleventh, John the Twelfth, Benedict the Seventh, John the Thirteenth, Benedict the Eighth. John the 19th and Pope Benedict the 9th. That's eight, and we're covering seven. Yeah. And the, now they are not all on this list. Some of them were just kind of. <sighs> They're not as egregious. They're not Where as egregious. Are we out? How, how many have we covered? We've covered four. Four. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's, yeah. that's a lot of bad That's how many um, syllables there are on Theophylactus. Theophylactus. Oh, Five. Let's see, we're on the fifth now. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Theophylactus of math. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You so yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> those that that family in that era that that has produced. Look, I could easily say that any of those eight popes might potentially be on this list, but those four for sure. 
Right. Those Whoa. other ones might have had some redeeming qualities. Um, but that era is just absurdly bad. Mm. And that's called the pornocracy. Uh, there's a great book by actually a, a writer that I have a ton of respect for, Charles Colomb. And he wrote a book uh, called The Vicars of Christ. And he actually helped me compile and research this list. Mm. He helped me, um, number one, through, I've read his book probably 15 times. It's an awesome book. Just go out and buy it. If you want to learn the history of popes, read it. But in trying to pick this list of worst popes uh, and trying to sort through the uh, absolute dung heap of the Theophylacti popes, uh, he helped me identify these four and a couple other ones that we'll get to. But a shout out to Charles Colomb um, and his book, um, Vickers of Christ. Here's a, a moral reprobate, you know, like a, a, a like a like a little moral ferveringdo, if you will. Don't be a theophylactus, okay? That's yeah, the, that's said the that, moral Father of the Rich. story. Are you, is, is this your repentance for being one in well, the Ancestry.com? Once I find Ancestry.com. <laughs> once I find out. I took a 23 in me. It says I'm a theophylactus. <laughs> I just gave him my spit. What does that even mean? Yeah. Gave him my spit. <laughs> I just found out I'm a theophylacti. Oh, I'm going to go cry myself in a cave somewhere be monastic for the rest of my life. All right. So let's let's get out of the the muck and the wallow of the hills of Tusculum where... Gosh, please. Lord, things happen that shouldn't happen. Can we yes. have can we have other like tragedies without this family? Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. There, to isn't there family anything independent terrible. from these people? All right, let's let's roll it back before the time of the Theophilacton. Let's go back to Pope Honorius the First. Mm. Now Honorius. I almost feel like, man, some Honorius. of these popes are just so pedestrianly bad that after the after the Theophilactus, it's it's hard to top. But um Honorius was actually uh anathematized. He mm. was a pope who was legitimately anathematized after his death. What is anathematized? Anathematized. Anathemacit. It means that he, he was, was declared just... A heretic? Well, a anathema... He was deposed, essentially. Oh, they kicked him out? Well, no, this this happened after his death, and uh, anathema is basically a formal declaration by the church that you cannot... Hold this position or follow the teaching of the, of this person. So his, his, it was kind of like teaching. It was kind of like the guy that exhumed the dead guy and broke his, his defingered him and everything. In a similar yeah. way, yeah. Mm -hmm. But actually, like a legitimate church. So in in the thing. sixth ecumenical council, which was the third council of Constantinople, which was a universally accepted council by both the East and the West, and um, shoot, I mean, even like Anglicans and stuff. I mean, this was an accepting council. He was. Uh, Honorius was particularly anathematized for his um, for his support, or at least at the very worst, depending on the way you read the documents, for his purposeful silence in the face of the heresy of the Monothelites. Monothelites. Hmm. Monothelites. Monotho Monothelites. That one is hard to say. Monothelites. Monothelites. Do 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 do. Monothelite. Monothelite. I'm sure do, our do, listeners do, are okay with that. Do, 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 hey, do, it's do, not important. Do, 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 do. Monothelite. <laughs> <laughs> That's really dumb. Again, man, we're in a dumb mood today. Yeah, we are. It's in a goofy mood right so, now. So, yeah, no, this is one of the only popes who had ever been anathematized for a specifically heretical view by a council of the church. Now, it happened after his death, but still, that, that lands you on the list of... <laughs> <laughs> of bad popes. And, and honestly, when they were debating in the First Vatican Council in 1870, the dogma of papal infallibility, uh, Pope Honorius was one of the big stumbling blocks to the uh, definition of that, because they're like, if a pope can be anathematized, 
then how can the Pope always have that sort of a guarantee of papal infallibility? And they said that, you know, and they worked that out at the council, but they had to really study this matter because of, you know, the nature of the beliefs of this Pope. So for that, Honorius, you land, you get to stand next with all the Theophylactuses. Mm, not a company I would want to keep. It's not it. So don't be a monotholite. Mm -hmm. Or an honorarius. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> next up on the wonderful list of seven, worst popes in history. <laughs> hey, this is Brother Rich Pagano, and I'm here with Q104 <laughs> Power the One. And this AM is a station. And for, for your... <laughs> oh man, we are in a dumb, dumb mood. We are. That's That's great, I'm enjoying though. it. It's good. Hopefully, you're enjoying it at home. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> next on our list of terrible popes, Pope Julius the Third. Not to be confused with Julius the Second, who is the warrior, the warrior pope. pope. That's who right. Who is a total, total bad to the bone. Shut, Shut your mouth. mouth. Shut your mouth. I'm only talking about Julius II, but Julius the Third. <laughs> talking about Julius II. Julius the Third. So he was terrible. Julius the Third is one that might hit a little bit too close to home for terrible. for what we are experiencing in the church today. Really? Yes. Really. So Pope Julius the Third. The big scandal of his papacy was his relationship with his nephew. Oh Lord. Yes. It wasn't his nephew. It was a street beggar named. Innocenzo. Mm. And apparently this uh, Innocenzo guy, good looking kid, right? Very good looking, very handsome young man. And he was a, he was the son of a, of a beggar, a homeless woman. And he was noticed in the streets for being ostensibly good looking. And uh, he was adopted by this uh, Giovanni Mary, Giovanni Del Monte, who would eventually become Pope Julius III. And everyone said, okay, well, maybe he's just, they were trying to be charitable. Maybe he's just really, truly showing care for street people, for a street person. But he didn't stop there where he just adopted him. He issued a papal bull where he uh, legitimatized him. Because in, in that society, you could not be an illegitimate, illegitimate child and have... Yeah. Uh, the rights of um, of succession or even inheritance. But it didn't end there. Um, at 19 years old, so he adopted him at 14 years old, and after he legitimatized him, at 19 years old, he named him a cardinal of the church. Oh, uh, my gosh. And everyone, Was he the next pope we're going to be talking about? No, this oh. is Julius III. So then he, Turn my stomach. Oh, yeah, he yeah, turned yeah, him into too. a cardinal. Jeez. And then they found out that he could barely read and was terrible at his job. So what do you do? You name him the Secretary of State of the Vatican. Wow. And he can't read. Yeah. And everyone knew. And like everyone's like, oh, yeah, they sleep in the same bed together. God bless. Yeah. And so, his name, like, you know, oddly enough, is Innocenzo. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. innocence of a child. or Innocenzo ripped away Del Monte. From yeah. Mm. And... But, you know, it seems that Innocenzo wasn't so innocent himself, although I'm going to be completely fair and candid here. After what I could only presume was the grooming and sexual abuse of a street child by a very powerful person, you can't, you can't excuse his acts that he committed later in life, but you can certainly understand why they happened. He was probably warped out, out the yin-yang. Well, I mean, if you look you at know? the impact of 
of sexual abuse on on people who have experienced in the last 50 years or 100 years in our church, um, you'll see that, that that the people who experience sexual abuse at the hands of clergy um, are uniquely and terribly broken by it. And that's why it's such a particularly egregious offense. And that scandalous it's offense. Scandalous and just Talk disgusting. about a stumbling block. You know, you're you're yeah. at the the doors of mercy. You're at the fonts of forgiveness and the fonts of salvation, and you are subverting that whole plan of salvation by a complete, terrible, horrific, selfish act and a manipulation of someone that is developing as a child. It's just yeah, it just turns my stomach, dude. Yeah, it's just it's. <sighs> You well, know, that, right, was that was, that that was, that was just a mood killer. That dude, that just killed the whole show right yeah. there for me, man. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping we'd talk about the Theophilactus. Uh, no, well, it it didn't end well for Vincenzo. He was actually uh, in prison because he ended up murdering two people, and he was also accused of rape, and then he he died in prison. The kid that that was yeah, um, yeah. he he was able to be remain being a cardinal. Actually, he didn't die in prison. A, a few cardinals um, basically bailed him out and. Because they, I get maybe felt bad because they were privy to it back in the day, and I, you know, it almost feels like to me like hush money. But I think they bailed him out and then moved him to the countryside so he could die Dang. in innocence. Or okay, die you're in driving peace. the whole, you're driving the whole historical reality of terrible right now. Yeah, but it's we true. should have probably finished with that one and then leave everybody depressed. You know, Judas was among the twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there's always there's always that poor, that poverty. That that Jesus identified will always be in the midst of of who we are as as human beings and and people, and I think there's no greater poverty than human sinfulness, especially the egregious sins of of the past and our our forefathers and and also you know people in the name of the church doing these doing these terrible yeah. these terrible things. Yeah, and and I like I said you know we were laughing at the others and this one hits home because I think there's so many parallels to the things that we're experiencing in the, the church in history. Now. Yeah, for sure. And and one is that I think one thing that we could take away from it is that people are always terrible and there's always these types of things, but that the church survived then and the church will survive now. But the the way the church survived then is by getting rid of people who do things like this and making sure they don't happen. Now, when they do happen, you can't cover them up. You can't pretend they don't happen. You have to mm-hmm. address them. You have to make it right in any way possible and do things to prevent it from happening again. Mm-hmm. And um, until we do that, look, this is not the 1500s. This is t- 2019, and the way information passes now, the scandal it causes now is so much graver than it caused back then when it was just mm-hmm. the gossip of the high society of Roman culture. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I mean, we are th- these kinds of scandals are... are are killing the spirituality of so many people. So mm-hmm. it, it needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about Pope Urban the Six? Because that yeah. guy was like mafioso. I don't know. I don't have him on my list. Why don't you give us a bonus bad pope if he's a bad pope? Oh, yeah. So, like, um, he he had a lot of cardinals uh, conspiring against him to remove him from the papacy. Okay. And, um, and so his reaction to that was to torture them. Oh. And so... Uh, and, and the torturing of these cardinals, if they weren't screaming loud enough, he would remove the torture and fire them and bring somebody else in. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's, wow, that's a definite honorable mention. Yeah. Ooh, Lord wow. have mercy. Yeah, he was a monk, too. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm, 
I'm just going to actually then put him in the place of John the 22nd, who I thought was a pretty bad pope for you know, de- denying the uh, doctrine of the beatific vision and trying to suppress the Franciscans, but which is bad, and he should yeah. be on that list. Suppressing but, the Franciscans is and denying bad. the denying the beatific vision that when you die, you immediately go to the uh, the um, the particular judgment. That's just as bad, though. That's like a heretical. Yeah, that's a pope. heretical one, and that's very bad. And heresy. <clears throat> Is a is spiritual murder, but that is straight up murder right there. Right. Yeah. So I mean, he. Yeah, this was during the 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 rival factions between the Western Schism and the Avignon Papacy when mm-hmm. it came back to Rome, mm-hmm. and so there was still a lot of animosity. And mm-hmm. I think the the way that he uh, controlled his adversaries mm-hmm. was okay. definitely not <laughs> virtuous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what? Actually, I want to circle back to the Theophilactus, and let's just cap this entire. Garbage sandwich with a little bit more, <laughs> little a, bit, little bit more fire. about Sergius, <laughs> Sergius the Third. So some people say that Sergius. If you're still listening to all yes. of these terrible things, so Sergius the Third. Some people say that he had the cadaver synod to electric boogaloo, and he had Formosus dug up again and beheaded. What Formosus was dug up twice. Some people said that, and that was the belief for hundreds of years. And oh, now, poor um, Formosus, man. No, I need I to mean, start praying to that it's guy. It's like a post who experienced persecution in, in the grave. Uh, in the grave. <laughs> it's kind of like Pope Has anybody Mo- ever experienced God that bless. kind of I don't persecution so. in the grave? I mean, yeah, weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Good laughs> he point. wasn't in the grave though. Good point. Yeah, 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 no, he was never put in the grave. Yeah, yeah, but this captain's right. Look, I'm just going to say that Weekend at Bernie's is a hour and, he and went a half. To parties. They took him to parties. They, they didn't did. put him on trial. No, and yeah, but Weekend at Bernie's yeah. is an hour and a half a of the desecration of a corpse, and those people should be in jail. Yeah, that's not, not good. Number one for their financial, their financial thief. And we get entertainment out of it? Yeah, oh, ha, yeah. ha, ha. <laughs> corpse abuse. <laughs> Uh, weekend at Bernie's. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> I actually say that a lot of times that Ryan De La Cross is the living weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> can, I get the, can you give the camera a little weekend at Bernie's? You just say that because I like to sleep a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so have we reached the summit of the of the uh, garbage sandwich? I, 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 don't, garbage. I wouldn't call it the summit. I'd say we'd reach the depths. Yeah, very, and very good find on Urban the Sixth. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it hurts my soul sometimes to think about that. Um, but I know that Christ is victorious in all this. And even in even in the worst pain that people suffer at the hands of um others and their reaction to it, even if it is sinful, like God's mercy pervades all that. Yeah, you know, right. and and his understanding surpasses all of our understanding. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, um, our Lord suffered immensely, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and through that suffering, we we gain this this immensely valuable um, life, eternal mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. forever. And so my prayer is like, like that, you know, people who uh, were harmed by others uh, in this and you know, even this Pope that converted, right. I mean, like I rejoiced over that, like Mm -hmm. he caused a lot of damage, but still like at the end of his life, you know, he, uh, you know, apparently had some sort of contrition, right. Mm -hmm. And, and 
God reaches out to all of us constantly and with a love and a power and mercy that we can't even really understand. It's a mystery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my hope is that this, this will, this, this suffering will end. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and through the ending of that suffering that God will bring them to this place Mm -hmm. of like crowning them as martyrs. We all, we all celebrate when a villain changes, you know, and, and transforms and shows a moment of compassion or a moment of virtue. And, you know, there are a number of television shows out there that Darth Vader, Darth Vader or, yeah, yeah, Darth Vader, you know, like Darth Vader. movies or, yeah, yeah, you know, so who's the bad guy of the whole series in the last 10 minutes, he converts and then he's a force ghost. That's a good one. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's such an inspiring moment in the film yeah. or Game of Thrones. You know, you see these character arcs that are so magnificent and, and so season. complex. The last season and the last episode were horrible. <laughs> the last season was actually written by the Theophylactuses. It <laughs> 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 makes so much sense. But, you know, when we, when we look at the, the character arc of any single character throughout history or even in our own lives, we, we've done terrible things in our life. It doesn't define us. As St. John Paul II says, sin does not define us. You know, it's, it's the grace of God that is ever holding out patiently for us to convert and to recognize our failure, to recognize our fault. So if there are Theophylacti listening into this show, you know, it's, there's still a chance for your bloodline to, uh, yeah. to express yeah. this virtue and, that Christ calls us to. We should mention our sponsor, Ancestry DNA. No, just <laughs> <laughs> you can find out too, if you're a phylacti. <laughs> So I'm genuinely interested. You now. know, before we go, I got a little bit of a uh, a bad pope move of myself, and I'm going to give you an inquisition. Well, before we do that, let's just make sure that you're subscribing on all of our platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm buying some time. He's That's buying right. time. On top of that, Patreon.com forward slash the Catholic Talk Show in order to support us financially, so we can get the show out there to new people. Is there anything else that I could? Exodus ninety Covenant Eyes. Yeah. Sponsors, awesome people. Check out their websites. Kyle, can we get the uh, the Inquisition sign up again? You thought you escaped it, but you didn't. I've escaped a couple on this bad you shoot. Have. Yeah. You have. You have. And, uh, you know, this one is not going to be a paradox or a real mind twister or anything that's going to stretch the um, the education that you received Because we've been the shooting seminary. for like 14 hours. 14 and, hours. And, yeah. and your brain is no match for a, no. a deep question at this point. And I wouldn't do that to <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. But I, I, I think this is a little bit more of a serious question is, what fidelity does a Catholic owe to a bad Pope? If a bad Pope is doing things that are obviously contrary to the faith, how should a Catholic respond? There's a great, there's a great television series called the band of brothers. Okay. Right. And general winters after all of his successes in the battlefield was being passed by the guy who basically led them through basic training. Mm Mm-hmm. And the guy who led him through basic training was like a total pain in the butt. And, you know, as this guy was passing by who led them through basic, Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't going to salute General Winters. And he's General Winters turned to him and said, we salute the office, not the person. And you just see the basic training guy, you know, just he saluted General Winters. And I think there's something to be said in that because a number of people uphold an office of administration. Maybe they're not great. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I'll criticize myself. I'm not a perfect administrator. I strive. I try to learn from the best administrators. I pray for the gift of administration. There's people who are in leadership that are not perfect. And I'm sensitive to that in every respect, whether somebody's seeking counsel or not, or being humble about their office or not, you know, but we salute the office because it is the office and the very structures of our hierarchy that have kept the church intact. So there may be terrible things that happen throughout the history of the church, but next to the sacraments, it's the hierarchical structure and the monarchy of the church that has kept this church intact. And for that, that deserves every amount of salute and honor. With and the I, grace and of I God. Give it, yeah, and I give yeah. it the honor. And I've, I've recognized the underbelly of the church in my own day. I've seen, I've you know, look through the history books and, and you've helped punch me in the gut all over again, but mm-hmm. I, I will continue well, I to up salute your fingers all over again. <laughs> yeah. I will continue to mm. salute in every respect, the offices of Holy Mother Church. <laughs> Just the minus two, two fingers. The two fingers yeah, salute. The two, <laughs> the two fingers salute. So that's how I would answer that question. I think that's a fair answer. And, you know, one other thing that I would say is that even Benedict the ninth, that, that, just the the Pope that Peter Damon said was a total demon of a person. If he was validly ordained and he properly uh, confected the sacrament of the Eucharist, it's still Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. It's still the true presence. And no bad Pope, no bad priest, uh, no bad bishop should be able to separate you from the true head of the church, which is Jesus Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you are feeling any distress over, I guess, the situation that the church finds itself in now and has found itself in the past— you know, there's been people throughout history have felt the same ways that you're feeling now, uh, that maybe the church is just too overcome with difficulty or corruption. Uh, hang on, because it, it's it, it's going to get better, and the Holy Spirit will protect the church, and the gates of hell will not uh, stand against Amen it. Amen to that. And there is corruption in every single institution, human institution. The difference is we are established in a divine institution. Yeah. If the sins of another institution raised to the very gates of uh, heaven, it, it doesn't excuse the single sin of one member of the church. And that's why every institution and nation throughout history has come and gone. Mm-hmm. But the sovereign nation that was that the lifted banners of Christ's resurrection were raised, those banners still fly. Yeah. And there's still people dying for those banners. Yeah. And so I'm very proud to be associated with So them. bad popes, bad priests now. It's always been there, always will be. Don't give a pope and um, and know, the central uh, thing is, don't be a theophilactic. Seriously. seriously. That's where we're going with all this. Yeah, yeah. The moral of this story is, don't be a theophilactic. <laughs> See you next time. God bless. Yeah.